When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I want to say thank you to my Patreon subscribers and um, my Twitch subscribers. If you want to help out the channel, you can actually help out for as little as a buck a month. Enjoy the video and have some fun. So a couple of days ago, Joe actually sent this in chat. And so I wanted to actually do it because it was a request. And um, for my patrons or my monthly subscribers on Twitch. By the way, if you're on Twitch, you can actually subscribe for as little as $4.99 a month or or use your free Amazon Bezos bucks and subscribe to the channel. But um, Joe actually gave me this video and uh, we're gonna actually play it. It's a little bit longer than normal, but hey, let's go. My first video on Marx, and goddamn, you know what? If one tenth of the time that people talk. Okay, okay, this is actually really, really cool, and I hope, I hope this turns out to be a decent video. He, of course, he has the aesthetic of a leftist, but let's see what he says. Let's go. Out of their ass about Marxism, and instead, read actual Marx, the world would be a very different place. Most people don't understand Marxism. True. <laughs> It's free, okay? It's not difficult. It's not that goddamn difficult. So this is talking about Marxism and alienation. This should be interesting. This should be very interesting. So... Let's go. Something like that. Uh, damn it. The one dude is just sitting on my base. Just letting the shit go. Uh, I didn't mean to throw it like that. Come on. Yeah, go in. Let's go. Alienation. Let's see what he's talking about. Modern life comes with its comforts often touted and well-known. We should be thankful we live better than kings used to. And so on. That's because capital... Yeah, that, that is true. Um, the lifestyle that we actually have is a lot better than what some kings used to have. That's so goddamn true. And, yeah, no, that's, that's so right. So, why are we still fucked like we are right now? Because fucking capitalism. But let's go. 
Capitalism is the most revolutionary order of things the world has ever seen. But the modern world demands a steep price that we are not free not to pay. It's alienating. Now, of course, capitalism did not invent alienation. But even in its nascent form, a young Marx perceived that it produces new forms of alienation that did not exist prior. Now, just in case you prefer to willfully misinterpret that, Marx is not saying the world was better before capitalism. In fact, he's... This is actually true. Marx does not believe that the world was better before capitalism. He actually thinks capitalism is a necessary step to for evolution of society. And this kind of goes back to what we were saying about alienation early in the stream, about loneliness being a thing that affects a lot of people. But let's let's go. It has the opposite. What's up, dude? <laughs> He's to my left. The bourgeoisie, during its rule of scarce 100 years, has created more massive and more colossal productive forces than have all preceding generations together. But there's also this thing we can do, even on YouTube, where you can say that benefit and harm might both be consequences of the same system. Now, Okay, yeah, this is the shit that you see with a lot of motherfuckers who claim to be leftists. Like, and he actually just nails it, like, yeah, two things can actually be, you know, bad, and one thing can be bad and good at once. It's not just good guys and bad guys, good and evil, light and darkness. No, feudalism was shit. <laughs> like, feudalism was shit. And a lot of the ANCAPs want to go back to feudalism. <laughs> like, he, oh, he's, he's been, he's been the hot fire. But let's go. We have a few Marxes here. Young Marx, in his writing style and his appeals, is rather idealist. Not idealist as in optimistic, but idealist in form, like the philosophers who inspired him, namely Hegel and Feuerbach. All right, let's do this. So from a Marxist critique, there's four emergent forms of alienation under capitalism that we can point to. First, there's alienation from yourself and how you see yourself. There's alienation from work and what you make. There's so, and here's the thing with a lot of people, um, they only wanna focus on one or two aspects of what Marx actually say says, um, and they have this whole idea that Marx was actually saying that nobody should work and you should not have to work for the things you do for, with life. It was like, no, that's that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. But you know, you get the people that want to find excuses for saying everything bad is capitalism because reasons and. All that other good shit, and it's just like, come on, dog, y'all are really saying this? Y'all are really fucking saying this? Oh, he just barely missed me. He just barely missed me. But let's go. There's alienation from nature, seen here as a whole, and alienation from others, other people. To be alienated means that there's a schism or rupture where there shouldn't or need not be one. So presumably, in a different world, we could have intimacy with all these things, but by virtue of its mechanism, capitalism f***s up all these relations. And with it comes a deep sense of having lost something important. Now, there's one thing that people often get wrong when they talk about alienation, whether they're speaking favorably or unfavorably of Marxism. Okay, cool. Like, what is it that they're getting wrong? Fuck. Let's go. 
And that's to suggest that alienation is just a feeling you get from living and dying under capitalism. And alienation is felt, yes, but it's felt because of an objective, measurable relationship. Both the objective and the subjective are two distinct forms of the same conditions here. That is a material history. Now this general sense of loss is a common theme of many of my videos. We can call it disenchantment, we can call it the experience of a lack, or hereafter, alienation. Notably, the Like, this dude is spitting, man. I'm just like, he is spitting. I don't know, okay, let's, like, this is different from the typical talk that you see about people with Marxism, and like, even the people that praise Marxism, they're like, oh yeah, capitalism is just bad because of reasons. And alienation is only this one thing. And it's just like, that's not how that works, dog. That's not how any of it works. But let's go. The feeling of loss is not the same as actually having lost something, though that doesn't prevent us from acting as though we had. Alienation means something is missing in this way if we are born and die in capitalism, which is probably true. Now, I expect this medium has obliterated your attention span long ago. So here's a 30 second summary of alienation. Load it up with visual stimulation for those tired synaptic relays. So first, you're alienated from nature because it has no value other than as a dead resource from which to extract capital, or maybe something to buy wrapped up in plastic. I love this video. <laughs> Dude, just, he's memeing the hell out of this. Like, this is the shit that we need when we're talking about it. But not this drow, like, oh, we need theory and, you know, um, what's, what's mutual aid and you need to fund a community garden like no no this is actually something that works thank you joe for sending us this video this way marx's view of nature is broader than ours and includes both human nature of transforming and the natural world which is transformed commodification alienates us from the interdependent relationship with nature second you're alienated from what you make because you don't have ownership over what's produced probably Whatever it is you make, whether it's burgers, deliveries, or advertising copy, someone else owns your day, and your work is sold. And this is even true. This is even true for motherfucking streamers, or in some cases, artists. This goddamn. All right, let's go. This motherfucker spin. Hold under someone else's logo. Now, three, you're alienated from other people because most of them are seen as your competition for scarce resources, wages, or attention, or they're your boss or employer whom you. Really, dog. Damn, that's fucked up. The um, true life depiction. This true life depiction of millennials at work. So this is Kronos eating his children. Um, but no, I think that's what that is. But no, this is actually really true. Shit, you even see it in video games. Ironically, right? And what it does is it puts a us versus them. And either you get to the point where you just like, you know what, fuck this and I'm just going to check out. Or like you're trying to step ahead of the other people that's in front of you. And it's just sad, but let's go. Let's go. You likely resent or fear to some degree because they have punitive power over your life. Regardless, you can't really trust anyone with whom you have a market relationship and are not inclined to see them as a community with which you can undertake major projects. And four, you're alienated from yourself because instead of seeing yourself as a creative, world-changing member of the human species, you're merely a profit machine among other machines, a replaceable appendage of a process in which you have no real agency or input.
Okay, so it's not always so bad. You can have friends at work, you can have a good boss and rewarding projects, and maybe benefits that make work life tolerable. But most workers, 85%, according to Gallup, are unhappy at work. What's not at all surprising. 85. I think that it got up to 90 for a second. I think it really got up to 90. It may be at 90. But that would be, especially after COVID, that might be interesting, but let's go. Thing or what wouldn't be surprising to Marx is that the number one indicator of enjoying your work is the self-reported quality called meaningfulness. That's right, not pay, but the feeling that you are contributing to something valuable. I want to stress this because Marx said in 1844 that this would... So this is also actually really, really true. A lot of people just think that it's not just pay, but it's also how you feel about what you're doing for your job. And a lot of people just, yeah, that's a thing that happens. That is a thing that happens. But let's go. Be a big problem under capitalist employment. Now, Marx has obviously been breathlessly criticized for just about everything that one could possibly be criticized for. And whether or not those are fair or not, I don't care. That's not my concern here. But what he was certainly not wrong about is the alienation that wage labor produces, an unhappiness. Even if you don't like what he suggests might happen as a result of that discontent, you know, violence. But it must be admitted that Marx was right about this. A lack of dignity in work, or in his terms, being alienated, leads to unhappiness. So what is so bad about capitalism that it could ruin your human dignity? It all comes down to basically one exchange. Workers are making something. Cheeseburgers, shoes, Marvel movies, whatever. They, they do their one job here, and then they get paid hourly, salary, doesn't matter. It also doesn't matter how much you get paid, whether it's $7.50 an hour or $75 an hour. In each case, they get capital in exchange for work. But so this is actually a big point that a lot of leftists actually forget that it's not just the pay, it's not just the living wage. It's also if you feel like you're doing something for your job. And this is a point, like if he said, that if a lot of Marxists, people that claim to be theory, that they talked about, it's not just a financial thing, it's a, hey, I'm human and I'm contributing thing as well. But you know, anyway, let, let's go. But in each case, they produce more profit than they get paid. And here's the central tenet of Marxism. All the surplus goes here to those who are not doing any work. They're exploiting exactly. labor. Now, exploitation doesn't mean something like you're being harmed or someone's being mean to you. It only means that someone who is not working is skimming off the top of your labor, even after, you know, expenses and everything. Now, if you're getting paid 75 bucks an hour, you probably don't care much that you're getting exploited because you can afford a jet ski for the weekend. I love the memes, man. I love the memes. All right. Um, but let's go. Jet skiing then makes you forget your alienation, but it doesn't give you ownership of your labor or make you want to work towards common goals with other people. This is something Marx wants to get back to. Now, it's worth mentioning that it's not like the capitalist, the one who's profiting, is perfectly content here. They're also discontent for different reasons, mostly because they're disconnected from the majority of humanity. This is also true. Capitalism doesn't just hurt the, it doesn't just hurt 
the people who are at the bottom, it hurts the people at the top as well. Damn, I have so many outfits. Monkey. <sighs> Sorry, let's go. Now, Marx clearly has some loftier human goals in mind. Remember, he's heavily influenced by German idealism. But alienated wage labor leads to predatory and greedy human behavior, seeing others as rivals, and seeing yourself as an undignified instrument of labor, and not having the time to be concerned about environmental damage, for example. I'm gonna interrupt myself here, because I already have a graphic made. <laughs> oh God, okay, this, this is the... This this guy is, is he's actually pretty decent. But let's go. Let me address the most common criticism of Marxism by people who don't understand it, and even by people who identify as Marxists just to piss off their parents. <laughs> Many suggest that Marxism is just about wanting the world to be more fair. Buckle up, bucko, the world's not fair. Now grow up. Wrong, 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 wrong. Marx doesn't want to fix or overthrow capitalism because it is unfair. Though it what? What? It's, it's more than just saying, oh, what? I don't like to... Like, all right, so, hot take, guys, hot take. Um, I don't have a problem with rich people. I have a problem with people who exploit people. Would I ever want to be rich with the trappings that would come fuck no like if i can actually stream and make like like 50 grand a year to like when 50 grand a year means something i would rather do that shit um but do what i want to be rich no 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 but some people just they feel like hey hey rich people bad if you're exploiting somebody for your wealth yeah of course rich rich being rich bad but if you're just saying like, hey, I I looked into something, I hit the lottery, shit like that, that's actually awesome. That's actually fucking awesome. And um, that doesn't mean that you're just just bad because you're rich. That that doesn't mean that you're bad because you're rich. But a lot of people, a lot of people think, Marx means rich bad. Marx means rich bad. No, Marx says being exploitative of workers bad. Marx said rich bad. All right, let's go. What is unfair? The world, though, has never been fair. And that's not the reason he gives that all this should change. And look, general rule, if you've heard that Marx is a dumbass, chances are it's a dumbass saying that, okay? What Marx points out is just, look, there are always going to be 99 of these people for every one of these people. Wow, okay. Again, this this is like base. This is base in Marx's field. But yeah, let's go. So if these people have wills, minds, and bodies, why would they let the situation stay like it is? When 99 people want something, it seems impossible that this one person will be able to prevent them from changing it and maintaining a system that disproportionately benefits this one person, but all that potential energy is on the other side. This capitalist is, after all, just a single body. 
What we should expect, says Marx, is that these people will eventually demand change. In a democracy, for example, they could try to elect someone to bring about redistributive change. And if that doesn't work, they will begin to use their combined energy to bring an end to this contradiction in more forceful ways. Uh, huh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Did somebody say, did somebody say Revoluciano? I just made that word up. Revolution! The revolution will not be televised. Yeah, it will be. But let's continue. Violence is not precluded, no, but it's also only necessary if the capitalists refuse to concede. Which, by the way, they have done quite often in the past due to pressures from organized labor movements and such. The problem, as it turns out, is getting the- So, child labor man, minimum wage, overtime pay, eight hour work week, weekend, bargaining power, employee paid healthcare, employer employment discrimination, discrimination ban, workplace safety laws. Yeah, like, yeah, this is what we need to do. Is 99 to realize the contradiction and then do something about it. So back to alienation then, which is not about fairness either. It's merely about owning your own life, your own time, and realizing that 99 people working together for a common goal can do a lot more than 99 people trying to outcompete or cannibalize one another. That could never work. Pie in the sky, infantile pie, the sky, mother. Sure, maybe <laughs> it would never work except all the dude is dude is killing it. Okay, okay, let's go times that it did, and maybe we are already in the best possible world with the best possible distribution of capital and ownership. Maybe these versions of alienation are the best we can hope for, but Marx thought differently. Now, I have said a lot of what I said Marx said, <laughs> so you gotta get to the point real quick in a video like this, because that's all that most people watch. So here's what Marx says Marx says. <laughs> Oops, wrong image. Sorry about that. Yo, Stalin, go starve Ukraine and say it was my idea, so prosperity will reject my ideas out of hand. <laughs> okay, that, okay, all right. Oh, all right, let's 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 go. That's, that's as bad as the DJ Mule quote, but at least he knows it's a fake quote. <laughs> I have about half of this from young Marx in 1844 and half from older Marx in 1857. From the standpoint of capital and wage labor, the creation of, objective, of the objective product happens in antithesis to the immediate labor capacity. That this process of objectification, in fact, appears as a process of dispossession from the standpoint of labor. To that extent, this twisting and inversion is a real phenomenon, not merely a supposed one existing in the imagination of the workers and the capitalists. Grundrisse. All right, so here's, here's that hot theory. This alienation being a real phenomenon is not a feeling, or rather, it's not just a feeling. It's measurable. You're purposeless in work and purposeless in leisure. The first, because your work isn't yours. And the second is that because you only see yourself in terms of that work, leisure then is only for consuming from now on. You're expecting- So, damn, that's, that's, so, in other words, and I'm sure he's going to clarify it, that when you do work, how many people identify as I'm this type of person instead of saying, hey, I'm, 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 I'm crimson. Like, and even that, that moniker is based off of my online persona, which I'm actually trying to provide you guys a product, you know, a service, um, entertainment, but it's still a product that I'm providing.
Whereas, you know, a lot of people, like, their leisure, I mean, their work is just who they are. And it's kind of sad that it's such a thing that's happening for so many people. And I don't, I don't know how we deal with that. Other than get rid of the system of capitalism that it, like has us act this way. But you know, reasons and shit like that, right? Reasons and shit like that, right? But let's continue. Expected not to ever change anything either at work or in leisure. Now this feeling has a source we can pinpoint. Now to believe this, which I will not assume you do, you have to accept the premise. That is that your body is yours. And I'm 100% sure you believe that. But by extension from- I, I mean, like my body, okay, you're an asshole. Of course our body is ours. I mean like what do we, what do employees want us to be employees want us to be slaves? I, I think they would love that because um, that would mean they would get to pay us less <laughs> and we would have less freedom. But you know stuff and things and stuff and things and all that other good shit. Right? Right? <sighs> Let's continue. For Marx and for all liberal contract theorists as well, your labor is also yours. It's the energy of your body in the world. Now, here's the thing that people get hung up on. Selling your labor, your effect on the world, doesn't just mean that it's no longer your effect. Just like if you're an artist, your painting is always yours. If someone buys your song, that song is still yours. And even if you sell your labor to a burger or a shoe company, it's still yours. This is also true. This is very true. But let's go. It's just that you've been alienated from it. Maybe think of it this way instead. If, if you make a mark on the world, if you go ahead and carve your name into a tree, it's objectively true that that is your mark. That mark can't be transferred because it, it just is yours. Even if you sign a paper or a contract saying that someone else made the mark, it doesn't mean they did. And even though this video is online, it will always be my labor. Now, for whatever reason, when it comes to intellectual property, this makes sense to everyone for some reason. But when it comes to a burger or a shoe, we believe that that restaurant or shoe company owns the product by putting a logo on it. But no, there's human energy in that product forever. And that's why Mark says it's real and a non-alienating system of exchange would take this into account. And so another thing that you actually see with Marx is the labor value, the, the labor, um, the labor value of items forget what the real term is, but is it the raw materials that makes the item valuable? Is it the amount of plastics that makes the item valuable? Is it the wire, the metal that makes, no, what makes it valuable is the worker and the worker's energy that they put into it. That's what makes it valuable. It's just sitting out in the field somewhere. That doesn't make it valuable. It's what's being done to it to transform it that makes a value. 
But capitalists wanted you to believe that no, no, no. The value is the item itself and not the work that people put into it. It would also be more human. So for example, just think about what you're wearing right now. Not the brand, but the labor that is in it. Probably the labor of an Indonesian, Thai, or Bangladeshi worker. F***ing real, right? Their labor is still recorded in these products. So we tend to see things in terms of their brand image. But for Marx, the whole purpose of the brand image is to obfuscate and hide the human labor invested in it. And if we saw our stuff as human labor, maybe we would start understanding the profound relations we have with others, even workers in a country far across the ocean. Man, since writing this video, I've been like thinking about this constantly, every, everything that I own. Now, Marx is hopeful that we can start seeing stuff as records of human activity and labor. Brands alienate that human vision. The emphasis shifts to the mark and not the cause of the mark, which is, in every case, exploited labor. Alienated labor is worse for everyone involved. First, it's worse for products. Because when you're getting a wage, the only incentive you have to do a good job is to not get fired. True. 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 About to get that ass. Get that ass. <laughs> but let's go. Fired. That's only a negative incentive and it'll make you hate your job. But more significantly, Marx is a humanist and believes that humans are happier when they are rewarded for doing their best work. If you're making a burger for a date, I'm a wager to guess that you're gonna do your best. You'll hope it's good. You'll ask if it's good because you have ownership of that object as a representation of you. And if you're a chef and your reputation's on the line, the same thing. But conversely, if you're a line cook in the back of a hot kitchen, warming something up that you had no input in creating with someone else's logo on it, of course you won't do your best. Similarly, you won't make suggestions to improve it. And then your eight hours of work is completely wasted. The customer too is robbed of your creativity. Your day sucks and you're just waiting for it all to be over. And the only person who benefits from this arrangement is the capitalist, that is the brand and the shareholders. So that's actually really, really, really really true about what goes on when you see people that like i like cooking for my dates i fucking love it i put energy time and effort into it but like if i was just cooking for like a restaurant oh fuck this like i don't give a fuck i would do the bare minimum to actually get the food done and like safety like yeah no it's, it's a it's a thing but <laughs> let's go If only there were a better way. Who would dare to suggest such a thing? Two, your relationships are worse. This is alienation from others, again. Now, to relationships with nature and people, this is Marx at his most glassy-eyed. Who is naive enough to be hopeful? Instead of seeing people as your boss, whom you hate, customers, whom you hate, because they only see you as a burger machine or as competitive. And you know what? In, in customer service, oh God, this is so telling. Because here's the thing, a lot of people don't talk to you because I, I work in customer service over the phone. A lot of people don't talk to you like you're an actual fucking person. They talk to you like, well, you're just somebody who answers the phone. And then what makes it worse is they tell you to your face that I know it's not your, it's not you, it's the company. What the fuck are you talking to me like? I'm the fucking company. If you know it's the fucking rules, why are you fucking acting like this? But you know, so you know how some people are, like the fuck. But let let's go. Let's let's go. Anyway.
Let's go. ...waiting to take your job, you could see the whole of humanity as one organism, a species seeking a better life for the species. But again, as a wage earner, there's no incentive to do that because the scope of your life is your hourly wage and taking that home to just your family. If only there were a better way. <laughs> Who would dare to suggest such a thing? Three. I like this guy is like hitting it on all levels, but let's go. Self-image or alienation from self. Being a cog here or seeing yourself as an appendage of the burger, shoe, or movie factories doesn't just affect your view of your boss and the customers. It also affects your view of yourself because for eight hours a day, you aren't a human. You're just an output machine from which products are expected and from which no human contact is really expected. And the only time you own your activity is in leisure. And what is leisure but consumption instead of creation? As a result, therefore, man, the worker only feels... All right, so this is, and this is why I push so much to actually do streams and do art and I mean like okay play video games that's still consumption but most of the shit is like free you know what I'm saying but like yeah no this is because I want to actually express who I am in shit and that's that's you you guys saw I spent two fucking hours working on art before I actually got to video games this evening and this the reason being is just because I wanted to actually just take the time and work on something that I want to actually do. And yeah, part of it is the reason why I wanted to do it is because I want to make it where I am, um, I am, um, making it where people can actually express themselves from the basis of my art so yeah no that's that's just that's just a step that i want to actually take so yeah got his ass got his ass wait let's go self-active in his animal functions, eating, drinking, procreating, or at most in his dwelling and dressing up, etc. And in his human functions, he feels himself to be nothing more than an animal. What is animal becomes human, and what is human becomes animal. Of course, with a wage, life is not a means to life. It's just a means to satisfy more needs. As long as that's their scope of action, there's no benefit to doing any more than that, to putting more effort in. And look, Marx might be optimistic here. But he just says, imagine that you saw all your time as yours. What would your day look like? Would you act like an animal all day, consuming, lazing around? Or would you look for- Actually, most people wouldn't. And that's the sad part about it. Most people actually wouldn't. They, yes, some people would actually just, oh yeah, I'm gonna be lazy, but like, no, most people wouldn't. And it kind of like, it speaks to the whole thing of, Hey, what would happen if we got universal basic income? Would more people actually want to do things to, you know, improve their life? Would they struggle less? Would they, like, would they stress less? Would they stop self-medicating as much? Yes, yes. All the answers to that. Every study they have done with people having universal basic income, they have actually done better. People have done better. They've cut down on drugs. It's been a slight rise in um, divorce and shit like that because... People have gotten away from abusive relationships. Like, yeah, that's what happens. 
People actually live a better life when they're more financially secure. But let's go. For projects to put your hands on, would you seek out activities with others? More often or less often? Would you be stressed and anxious more or less? If only there were a better way, who would dare suggest such a thing? Now, I have extolled Marxism here, and of course, I would love a world in which everyone understood alienation as a problem and sought to, you know, vote for policies to reduce it. But there is one last thing that's required for this whole humanist vision to work. And while it sounds very nice as a goal, it's a little bit hard to imagine at scale, and I like to think I have a pretty good imagination. So the question is this. If we are rid of alienation, everyone sees their labor as their own. But then who's going to do the unpleasant labor? You know, cleaning toilets, making burgers, or risking your life while logging or ocean fishing. Now here's a proposed answer to that. Who in your house cleans toilets and does the unpleasant work? And why do they do it? It's not for profit, it's not for wage, probably. <laughs> it's love and volunteer work. Because, I mean, ideally, you are a respected member of your family and you want to make them happy. Now, don't be an idiot and say, oh, Marxism is stupid, even Pills said so. Look, there are still millions of things that could be done to make labor less alienating than this late capitalist hellscape. But that said, Marx suggested in societies that are not alienated, the unpleasant jobs might be handled much like they are in a family. When time is not money and when everyone sees themselves... So that's actually an interesting point. That's a very interesting point. There are people who, you know, take care of others even though it's not, you know, it's seen as a hard job because people like, I don't know, people aren't extremely logical profit-making machines. They are, you know, they do jobs. And yeah, some people will do jobs that they don't like, but that's not because they're, they're choosing not to do those jobs. In other words... They're choosing to be or doing that, um, choosing to be um, that type of person who wants to look after other people. That's not a bad thing. And yeah, there are people who actually do that shit. So, like, it just makes no sense to me. It really just makes no sense to me. But let's go as a member of the community, of the species, then doing selfless labor would be a matter of respect and reward. Young Marx has a term for that. Man is a species being, not only because in practice and in theory he adopts the species, his own as well as those of other things as his object, but also because he treats himself as the actual living species. And there's something to be said for this, of course. No one would want to clean toilets for 10 hours a day, which is what unskilled laborers are currently condemned to. However, and that's the thing, there are people who don't mind being janitors. As long as they don't aren't looked down on, there are people who don't mind doing just hard backbreaking labor if they're not just the only ones that have to has to do it. Like and I don't get I don't think a lot of people actually get that. They just think, oh, nobody wants to do that. Nobody will want to be that. Nobody would want to you know, have to deal with the bad shit. Well, if you're doing it all the time, no, of course nobody does. But a lot of people don't think it. But let's go. 
It seems reasonable to get 10 people to each clean toilets for one hour a day if they were respected for it and could spend the rest of their day exactly. doing something more enjoyable with their time that they own. And here, unfortunately, is where my faith in humanity is attenuated. For this as a total end, anyway. All 10 of those people have to continually be good members of the species, and this is kind of a rosy vision. Totally worth striving for, but it's increasingly less likely to last the larger a group gets, because it pretty much just takes one person to f*** the whole thing up. And as soon as you have a disciplinary apparatus in place, then you are now reintroducing alienation with the threat of violence. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, no, that's that's the thing. Yeah, but let's let's go. But maybe we get robots to do it. Marxist utopia. Boom. In any case, now, there's a lot more transformation of thought still required between alienation from others and a fully fledged sense of species being. And that is where this becomes something like a personal or communal goal. So here's the appeal. Instead of looking at Marxism as an entire form of government on all or nothing and hand waving it away, if some part of this is worth believing, that we can be less alienated, the utility of this belief is that even now, you can see your consumption as the record of someone else's labor. You wear it, you sleep in it, it's in your pocket. And that someone else, that member of the species, their labor was exploited by a capitalist, probably just like you are. Marx in the Grundrisse sees an eventuality that we will have to wake up from individualism in order to survive with the- So yeah, this is actually pretty cool because let's be honest with you, the reason why we put up a lot of this bullshit is individualism. Not being an individual, but individualism that we've been force fed to say like, you are you and you are the most important thing ever. And you should never sacrifice for anything because sacrificing is dumb. And even if it means sacrificing part of something to get better, then, you know, it's bad because reasons and, you know, some kind of way, but let's go. Positing of the activity of the individuals as immediately or general social activity, the objective moments of production are stripped of this form of alienation. They are thereby posited as property, the organic social body within which individuals reproduce themselves as individuals, but as social individuals. Now I have a community which ensures that not all of my labor is alienated. Thank you. And I gotta express my gratitude that they have a sense of species being enough to pick the top. All right, all right. So, yeah, that's that's interesting to say the least. It's interesting to say the least. And you know, yeah, this is actually a very interesting video. And um, I want to say thank you, Joe, for doing the video because it it was enlightening. It was actually very lightning. And um, yeah, no, this is, I think what this actually does is it gives me faith that not everybody who claims to be a leftist is some fucking twat that sit backs and uses as a, as a fucking uh, cudgel. Like, anyway. Like, share, subscribe, and all that other good shit. I, um, yeah, that was a thing that happened. So, let's go.
gave, I gave myself the power 